Welcome to our podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. Join us as these neighbors drop by unannounced for conversations that are fun, relevant, and just downright neighborly. 2020 is burning. They're bringing marshmallows, a desire to talk about it, and their mission to laugh now and again, no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Neighbors Don't Knock, the podcast where neighbors drop by unannounced for some fun, maybe some drinks, and just a whole lot of laughter. Hey, Brian, how's it going, buddy? What's going on, Phil? I'm so happy to be here. Dude, I'm happy you came by today. We have so much to talk about. I could not agree more. There's been so much going on, and we are going to dive into it. We're going to talk about some election results going on. I know a lot of you guys are on angst, and we're going to recap a little bit of fun that we had down at the track. But before we even start, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. Neighbors Don't Knock is brought to you by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big marketing and media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. So Phil, how has your weekend been so far? Uh, my weekend has been a bit of a stressful blur. You know, everybody has been on pins and needles waiting for the outcome of the election. So now that we have some results, I can breathe a little bit at least. I feel like that's, I think that's everyone's thought. I mean, at least I think I, I would hope that that's everyone's thought that we've gone through this process and now we can begin to start really focusing on what needs to be what needs to have attention. But of course, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. I don't. What a process it's been though, huh? I mean, this election it's going to go down the record books and be talked about for just decades. It is. It is. Uh, but before we dive into that, uh do want to give a quick shout out to uh Eric. He was on our show last week. He is the food editor for Culture Map Houston. Uh, we really appreciated having him on. Uh, it was fun. I know you and him go back a ways. Um, yeah, we do. It was really fun catching up with him. I don't get to spend as much time with him as I used to. You know, life just sort of gets in the way, and we're all very, very busy at this point. So it was really nice to have him on the show. It was, uh, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, we want to give a shout-out to him. If you haven't checked out that episode, check it out on our website or any of, our pla uh, any of the uh, podcast platforms, or you can go to... Uh, what's Eric eating? He has a podcast, which is fantastic. You can check him out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Learn a little bit about uh, Houston restaurant happenings. It's pretty cool stuff. Okay, two election results. That's right. We actually have the word results to put into a sentence. Now, is it definitive results? <laughs> I guess. there. I mean, it's on all the major networks. I mean, it's finally come out that Joe Biden is going to be the next president. The results don't happen to be the way that I was hoping the election would swing, um, but I definitely, I definitely don't think that it's going to change. I know there's been a lot of, of, you know, claims of voter fraud and things like that, and, and I, I'm told there might even be a little bit of evidence out there, but I can't imagine that it's so widespread that it's going to change the outcome of this one. I mean, it's, it's a pretty serious. Uh, 
That's a big ac- accusation. Well, it's, that's a, obviously, that's the biggest accusation that anybody could make. Um, well, and, and I, I agree with you, and, you know, I'm on the other side of the table on this, so I, I'm actually thrilled with how it came out. Um, well, then congratulations to you, Team Blue. I appreciate it. I, I, I am kind of happy uh, about that. I am not... I'm not petty about that. I mean, I, I think I would be happy to, I don't want to say happy might be the wrong word, but what with the process being as big as it's as good and as well it's, as it's been with as many people voting, I'm happy about that. So either way, you know, there's not, no, you're never going to satisfy anyone, right? There's not one person that's ever going to be satisfied. I can say that I am a little more thrilled. Now begins a lot more work in my opinion, on things like that. You know, I was watching the news when they, when they made the announcement earlier, right? When you're right, actually, they announced it just after you got here. Yeah. I, I, it like popped up on my phone and I was just like, Oh, we got to turn yeah. on the TV. Yeah. So we flipped on the TV and, and one of the news anchors brought up a really interesting point. And that's it. This election, Joe Biden had more votes than any presidential candidate in history. And the second most votes in history went to Donald Trump in this election. That's amazing to me. I'm I'm thrilled to see people out there voting Absolutely. and exercising their their God given right to, to vote, and I I think that is a huge huge win for this election. Like seeing that, regardless of whatever side you're on, I, I think so too. There's a lot of attention being put on how polarizing this election has been, how polarizing politics have become, or how polarized politics have become in this country, and. I think that that you make a better point, right? The attention needs to be put on how active people are getting again and expressing their desires. And a close race, yeah, you know, obviously people are going to be very, very upset. I would love to believe that we're all going to be able to shake hands and move on. See, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen either. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, uh, after you and done, I can shake hands. I have, I have no problems with. Well, yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> but, but, but now that I know what side of the fence you're on with this, after we're finished recording, we're going to have to wrestle first. I mean, just, you know. Well, that means I'm going to have to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kid. But, no, I think that it, you're right, and I like that to see so many people that were active and being very adamant about getting others to go vote and making sure that you are taking part in the process, right? Because if you're not taking part in the process, you don't have any right to, to really complain. I'm a little bit bummed out from the standpoint of stand-up comedy, though. Right? <laughs> are because you kidding me? There was so much comedy in there. They were like children on the, on the playground just arguing. Oh, I know it. Believe me. I mean, the, the debate alone was, was just atrocious. Right? I, I couldn't. I had a hard time even getting through part of that. Yeah, but I'm but I'm but I'm more uh, referencing the lack of of an easy to impersonate person in power. Right? Well, <laughs> like I know Jim Carrey does a great Biden, and and props to him for doing that. You know, I, I haven't actually gotten a chance to see all of those routines. I hear that they're fantastic, but well, you just don't think like, you don't think that they're gonna be they're still gonna be making fun of Trump. I still do bad George W. Bush impressions, and I still. Speak like George W. Bush sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I completely my, understand. My Bushisms, my vers- versatile, versatilities. Uh, um, no, but on, you know, just, uh, much love to GW though. Indeed, and but with Bill Clinton, there was just so much material for the comics, right? With George W., there was so much material. George Senior, there was a lot of material. With Donald Trump, obviously, there's been just so much material for the comics. 
But like with Obama, unfortunately, he's, I don't he's think he's too cool. He, he, he's a cool guy, man. Every time, every interview I see with him, you're just like, how are you this cool and in politics? <laughs> in, indeed, he's definitely a smooth operator. I guess my request, should uh, President-elect Biden come across our podcast and happen to listen to this, I would really appreciate it if you would try to like bite some people's fingers now and again. Because like, you know, <laughs> we, we need some real material for the comedians to work with. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't even know where to go. I don't know where they would go with that. Just, But you're right. If he just did one thing completely outrageous, like it would just... But the problem is that's going to label him all the way through the next four years, you know, in the White House. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of the whole uh, the grandpa shark stigma that <laughs> yeah, you just exactly, can't right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, should I shake his hand? Is he going to bite my fingers? <laughs> you know, it's like you just see everyone who comes into the Oval Office, Mr. President, they like bow. You know, <laughs> you know, in in a post COVID world, they should make it a tradition for him, right? Every time he meets a new world leader, he has to like just nibble on their index finger or something <laughs> really <word>. awkward. <laughs> that would be extremely awkward. You know, it, it's a new thing where it just will tell all the world leaders it's a new thing we're trying out in America. I think Putin would like it. <laughs> yeah, I bet he would. Just lace his hand with something. Here, lick my hand. Can we call Putin Littlefinger from now on? <laughs> I would really like I just. Oh, Littlefinger. The sad thing is that I can make fun of, of Vladimir Putin all I want, and, and I do often because I can't stand him. I think he's a tyrant. But he could whoop my lily ass. If that man and I got into a fight, I wouldn't last 10 seconds. He'd be like, boot to the head. I'm <laughs> on the ground, done. Uh, well, yeah, but would it be him doing it or would it be the guy that he had come out behind you because he had been having you followed for the last you know 20 years of your life? We did not come up behind people. <laughs> we stabbed them in front. Yes, we poisoned their Cheerios. <laughs> Why does it got to be Cheerios, man? That's my favorite. I don't know. Every time I picture somebody eating cereal, it's always Cheerios. Is it really? Reason. Yeah, I don't know why. You didn't ever have anything else as a oh, kid? Oh, I had tons of cereals as a kid. Are you kidding me? I was a child of the 80s. All I ate was cereal. Cereal and, and like... So you, you say know, a child of the hot 80s. pockets. Oh, gross. Yeah. I'd be curious what kind of cereals are at the White House. <laughs> I, I know that's weird to say, but like you, well, think about it. Someone else come, uh, they all, every president has their own taste, right? They, they have their own stuff that they come in. That would be some of the things that to me would be really interesting to see. I mean, yes, I would want to, I've never been to the white house. I heard it's really a neat experience. It is. I've been a couple of times. It I really it, is a neat experience. Yeah. I've heard nothing, but really wonderful things about going to visit and, and very eye opening things. But to be able to go into like the living quarter area and like find out like, what are they really eating? You know? I think to me that would just be kind of fun, you know. It's like, oh, he likes, you know, honey nut Cheerios, not the regular stuff, you know. When I was growing up, my next door neighbor was the director of Primetime Live. His name is Roger Goodman. Really interesting, quirky guy. Um, I, I got stories that can go on for entire podcast episodes about that dude. Like he used to have all of his documents for the the next day's recording laminated by his back office and he would come home and sit at the bottom of a swimming pool with his scuba gear on and go through the notes for the next day's show <laughs> really yeah it was really funny but uh it was very cool we, we got to do all kinds of really neat things because of that he was a good friend of, of my family's and one of those cool things we got to do was go to the white house for a, a really serious you know backstage kind of tour it was the 
the stuff that most of like the, Secret Service giving like touring you around. Or? Yeah, like we got to learn about things like uh, the anti-aircraft weaponry and things that they have in the roof of that place. Oh, know? okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I've heard. I would definitely want to visit. I don't know what kind of policies or procedures it is you know obviously with COVID aside I'm just saying since I guess 9-11 and the way everything's been over the past what 20 years yeah almost I, almost 20 years now um I imagine that protocols and the way that you do visits have changed and things like that and that you're limited a lot more to what you can be tour or tour around but again I, I don't know I'd be interesting to find out I've never had the opportunity to take a tour of the White House but I definitely would love to I think it would be interesting. Did you ever see the special that Jackie O did? No. About, oh, man. It was painful to watch. Really? Oh, yeah. That poor woman. You know, she'd gotten really, really old at this point when she did this special. It was like a little tour of the White House, and she's going around. Now, this here is the blue room. We called it that because it's blue. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> there watching, oh boy. <laughs> well, that that's like the watching. It's like most of my knowledge comes from watching movies that have been filmed in the White House, like uh, the American President with Michael Douglas, when he's just like, "Ah, oh, it's the dish room," you know. So if I walked into, I guess it's the China Room. Is that what it's called? I don't even know if that's even because Annette Bening calls it the China Room. But Michael Douglas goes, no, it's the room with all the dishes. And, and so, like, if I walked in there, I'd be like, oh, it's the dish room. You know so much about the White House. Yeah, well, I've seen the movie Dave. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I once caught a fish this <laughs> big. Oh, uh, But anyway, but uh, election, going back to the election a little bit, there, you know, regardless of what side you are on, I think it's a good thing that we finally are knowing something because I know there are a lot of people that have been stressed out about this. Indeed. I mean, there's, there's no getting around the fact that this is a very sensitive and very passionate topic. I, I think it's very important, which is why it excited me to see record breaking numbers of people voting. I mean, record breaking numbers. It's really phenomenal. Yeah. I'd like to see that same kind of momentum and passion come to the local elections. You know? I, absolutely. Yeah, I, I 100% to, agree to, with you on that one. Yeah, another shout out to our friend, uh, Chef Chris Shepard, for saying the same thing when he was on with us as a guest, right? It's it's really important to understand who is representing you locally. Exercising your rights as an American isn't just about voting for a president. That's right. It, it is. We're talking about every type of representatives, judges, you know, constables, uh, district leaders you know there's so many mayors i mean there's so many so many things so it's it shouldn't stop here and i think that's a good message that we need to make sure we tell everyone continue to vote continue to vote locally you know make sure that you are just taking a moment to just look at your community and and what's going on and that doesn't mean to do it violently indeed yeah, I'm again. I'm a little bit old school. I think in a lot of my mentalities, and one of the things that I, I'm so kind of tickled by with my own personality quirks is I love getting picked for jury duty. Oh no, I've only been picked once. I I don't like it. Oh man, I like it a lot. I'm always like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> you really you, you and everyone else of a of a higher age bracket like being picked for jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, if if I'm not working, I'm not, you know, making money. So I'm just like, oh, great. I'm going to, what do they pay you? Like $5 a day and lunch or something? I don't know. It's <laughs> like, like, it's like a Twix bar. Or something. Yeah. It's it's like you're doing your service. You're 
your duty and i'm just yeah, like it's silly. the whole the whole being paid for a thing is, it doesn't even cover parking no no it doesn't i i, I think it may get you 80 percent of your parking covered in our city yeah i was blown <laughs> away by that actually when i when i moved to houston and the first time i was called in to um to jury duty right I went to park my car. What do you mean you have to pay to park your car? I'm here to do my civic duty. You can't, you're going to make me pay to park. And they're like, well, you know, we got the bills. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know what I would, I prefer to do, which I have done. I would prefer to go on uh, one of the judge TV shows and be paid that because you get paid more. Who's your favorite TV judge personality? I don't watch daytime TV that, that often, <laughs> but, um, I, I like judge Brown. If I was going to go with, you like judge Brown. I, I like judge Brown. I like judge Judy. Do you like judge Judy? Yeah. I think she's a riot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I assume she's off the air now. Is she still on the air? I, if not, they're playing reruns. I'm sure. Must be. Cause she has to be, if she's around, she's got to be like 162 years old. Right. <laughs> you, think, you think she's that old? See, I, you know, it wouldn't shock me if she was like in her 60s or something like that and just looked like she was no, in her 80s. Of course. I, I used to love watching her because I love how outrageously irate she would get with the people that she was dealing with. She'd be like, you, sir, are a moron. I'm not done talking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, you had your chance. I'm just like, She okay. just gets so fiery. I was like, wow. <laughs> like, if I were in trouble, I would want her to be, you know, yelling at me. See, I, that's, I think, why, you know, I haven't watched many, but if I've seen an episode of Judge Brown or I happen to be, have daytime TV or you're, you know, you're at like the doctor's office or something. And that's for some reason, all that they have on. Right. So, but I mean, people go crazy during election time. It's just, I've heard some, some weird stories and, and I, I don't ever want to try to think that I can understand what everyone out there is feeling. I'm sure there are plenty of people that are stressed and feeling, you know, overwhelmed with things going on right now. And you're absolutely, they're absolutely have a right to feel like that. I have not felt as stressed as as most people, I think, in this election. Well, you're so good. You're so much better than I am at respecting other people's feelings. I, I tend to get myself in the trap of just being like, oh, give me a fucking break. Like, like all these people, well, I mean, oh my God, it's so and so wins the election. I am so moving out of this country. I can't, I, <laughs> I can't I mean, even take it. I'm like everyone. I have my, I have my opinions and I have my own views that I, I cherish, but just by getting mad or screaming at someone is not going to either help me understand where they're coming from or do any good. You know, I mean, what's it's a kind of a waste of my breath. I feel like, you know, well, people are with very strong con convictions are going to stick to them. When I came back on the social media uh, in the in the beginning of the pandemic, I very quickly remembered <laughs> why I, I dislike politics so much in today's world. Right. Because everyone's just sort of sort of standing on the street corner with a megaphone, just screaming at all their friends on social media about their beliefs. Just go live in a cabin in the woods and, you know. Indeed. Well, <laughs> take yourself out of, out of build, the society. Build a hermitage. There you go, right? Right. But, okay, so a few things because we talk, we, you know, we talk about the serious side of the election. Yes. Great, awesome, go out and vote. But... You think about some of the all of this craziness. Some of it is nonsense. It really is. It's nonsense. And over the years, and not just this election, past elections, there's been people that have gone nuts, or there's policies that people have voted on that you're just like, that makes no sense. It just, it's very, call it odd, stupid, hilarious, whatever your word for it. I'd like to run down a couple of policies in past elections that 
Some of them did not pass. Some of them did. And I think you might be surprised at some of these. All right, let's hear it. Okay. So the first one I'm I'm going to say, it's, it seems common sense, but I read it and I had to read it again. Uh, and this is from a website called mentalfloss.com. And so these are some of the, what they call the weirdest ballot initiatives in American history. Uh, and this was, this was published in 2015. So, so here you go. Number one, should we prohibit toxic waste in our drinking water? <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a legit question. I want to know who voted no. <laughs> it was approved. <laughs> it was approved. Um, so I, that was that's just an odd policy, right? <laughs> no, um, I'm good with it. That was back. That was back in uh, 1986, though, when that was uh, proposed. So um, I was a very young child, hopefully not drinking toxic water <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> Um, th this, this next one is actually one of my favorites. Should a police officer get to walk his beat with a ventriloquist dummy? <laughs> that was a policy that people voted on and it was approved in 1993. <laughs> it was approved. Does it tell you where? It was in San Francisco. Keep it weird, San Francisco. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, can you imagine getting pulled over? Or are getting stopped by a police officer and he's got a ventriloquist dummy and he just lets the dummy do the talking. How it, would, it, it would make getting the speeding ticket a whole lot easier, wouldn't it? A whole lot easier to accept. I would absolutely, I'd be like, that is fantastic. Go ahead, write the ticket. You know, I just think really, that was worth it. it. It was worth the show, right? Yes, I do know why you pulled me over. Talk to the dummy. <laughs> I don't even think he'd say that. What would be more hilarious to me, actually, though, is if you were a ventriloquist and you pulled somebody over, start making something else talk that they couldn't see. And then just look at, you know, as, as the officer, just kind of look at them. Just throw your voice into their passenger seat. Exactly. Just, just like, like pretend you're talking to someone next to you that's not there. So anyway, but that was, that was something that was approved. That was approved. What else, Jeff? Okay. Um, <laughs> this one was interesting. Should we give $1 million to one random voter? <laughs> a proposal to award $1 million in every general election to one lucky resident chosen by lottery simply by voting, no matter whom has qualified for the November ballot. So this was proposed. By it, Kanye West. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> and the birthday party, because that was his party, if I remember correctly. And, and no offense, but Kanye got some votes. He wasn't he wasn't on everyone's ballot because he missed the deadline to register for some of the states, but he he did get some votes. He did get some votes. So <laughs> Brian, a vote for Kanye is a vote for yes. There so. you go. That's right. So so some in his book, I'm sure he would have approved that million dollars, but this was defeated. This was defeated. Um so another one, which I found kind of bizarre, was should we take over the Grand Canyon? When voters in Arizona go to the polls next month, this was also back in 2012, they will be asked to decide a land ownership tug of war. Should the Grand Canyon belong to all Americans or just residents of Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> so can you imagine a civil war over the Grand Canyon? Bizarre. That is, that is absolutely bizarre. 
Yeah, I know. This one even get this one gets me. I, a few more, a few more. Okay. Should Denver set up a commission to track aliens? Yes. You agree with that? Yes. Vote that baby in. The uh, uh next one, this is kind of interesting to me as well. And again, in the great state of California, should we ban sitting on sidewalks? That's an interesting one. You actually, you, you're kind of intrigued like that. I mean, I'm intrigued by, I, I don't it was de- think, It was defeated. It was defeated. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that it should be on a ballot, but uh, it is an interesting one at least. The city currently prohibits, it, this is in Berkeley, um, the city currently prohibits lying on the sidewalk. This is another one. It was also defeated, but again, I find it interesting. Should we just start our own state? I have heard people talk like that here in Texas. Yeah, you know, the I've heard that in Texas before too. This was actually in Colorado though. Interesting. There's Wait. a lot of misinformation out there about that. I've heard quite a few people from Texas tell me that Texas has the right to secede from the union, and that's complete bunk. It's just not true. Yeah, I I think it's a I I get where the thought process is coming when people throw it out there. I can understand that, you know, and even somewhat appreciate it in some, you know, some small form. But it's not going to happen. I'm with you. <laughs> I think things have gone horribly wrong <laughs> if that happens. <laughs> okay. So, and this is the last one that I'm going to say that is kind of a very odd, very odd policy that people voted on. Should we build a new house for the pregnant elephant? This was in Cincinnati. There's a policy that that Cincinnati, the the zoo officials threatened to ship off its four Asian elephants, one of them pregnant, if voters rejected the $52 million tax levy for the new elephant house and parking lot, they would have shipped them off. It was defeated. Brian, it was $52 million. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, I mean, I, hey, I'm, I'm just saying what, this is what happened. I'm not saying that I made this. It's not like I am writing this policy. Like, what kind of house were they going to build for that elephant? $52, $52 million. million. <laughs> that baby elephant was going to come out living in style. They're like Mar-a-Lago. I mean, what, what? <laughs> it's just insane. So there you go. There are some very interesting policies that people have had to vote on in the past in multiple different states. Let us know what you think. If you've heard of a policy that you don't agree with or you find absolutely bizarre or you dig one up, let us know. I'd love to hear it. I I think it's very interesting because, again, we hear things on a national level when it's kind of on the news in your face and you have to look for it. But sometimes we just don't know what's going on with all the local governments in different states, right? You're really focused on where you live, of course. So I find it interesting to hear and see what other states are voting on because obviously their needs are different from ours. Indeed. I mean, especially when it comes down to police and ventriloquism. (laughs) (laughs) Which I want to see happen here. I really do. Are you in a love-hate relationship with the performance industry? Are you a theater patron curious what goes on behind the scenes? Clink, commune, and commiserate with Wines and Dolls podcast. Weekly, Chels and M wine and cheers with the booze within reach while they drunkenly dictate and dissect the book of a musical. Wine with the Dolls and discover the dialogue at winesanddolls.com or anywhere you get your podcast. Cheers! Leaving the election, it's been, it, it's been stressful, it's been 
happy, it's been sad, it's been angry, it's been all of the above. I think we can agree that emotions are all over the place. We just hope for the best no matter what happens. And I think we can leave it at that. But we did have some fun. I mean, because, you know, all work and no play. So I've been meaning to ask you about this. We haven't had a chance to really discuss um, your experiences down at the racetrack. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Philip's dad uh, races, and his family actually races, his brother as well, the big race family, and I was privileged and treated uh, down at the track. I was able to go down with uh, you and your dad, which was great, I, and thank you to him very much, so I, I love my experience. So I went down to MSR Houston. I know, I can say for sure that he loved having you. Yeah, it was it was great, it was great. And, and I got to really kind of experience, you know, what happens out on a track. I got to see a lot of actually different, I wasn't expecting to see as many um, people on the track. I was expecting it to be a little bit more bare, um, which to me was a little interesting and I thought was kind of cool. I know as far as someone who's just trying to get out there and work, <laughs> you know, or practice and, and run their their cars and stuff it probably wasn't as ideal for them but i really enjoyed my experience it was a gorgeous day i got to see how the garage worked uh you know i got a little bit of insight into how you guys maintain and tweak the cars and stuff on race day and i got to ride i got an actual ride which was awesome yeah, i can't a, i can't even tell you how much fun i had it's a rare treat being able to get next to um a championship race car driver and actually get a couple of hot laps in. So what was the most surprising thing for you about the actual experience of being on the track? The most surprising thing to me, I, you know, I, and I thought about this a lot. I just had so much fun. It wasn't necessarily that it was surprising. I, I think it was just after the first lap was surprising. The first on my first, cause I, I did two different separate rides and the first time going around the track and coming into the corners, I think that was the most surprising of how that felt because I felt like it would be a little more, I don't want to say out of control, but you would feel a little looser than you did. It was very tight with a lot of things and just the way your body felt going into it because it wasn't like a hard break, right? And so I, I that was interesting and, and new to me, but I kind of expected that. Like it, it really led me to believe, and I've never ridden before or been driven by a professional race car driver in that kind of situation in a car, but I didn't feel like I was experiencing anything that I didn't, like that shocked me. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if that's a good way to put it or not. No, it's interesting for sure. I, I actually had never been um, a passenger in a race car until I moved to Houston. And I had the opportunity to go out and, and get some rides uh, with my father. And I've done quite a few since. What shocked me the most was the late breaking into the corners. I, I didn't realize that as a passenger, when you don't really have a good point of reference because you're not controlling the vehicle, it almost seems impossible how late you're on the brakes coming into those corners. And to your point, it's not about the G-forces or being like thrown around or anything. That's not it. it it's just fascinating that you can take that much speed out right before you're turning in. I, I agree. That, and that's kind of, but for me, again, once you, once it happened and once I felt it, then I was, ex then I knew I was expecting it. Right. So it, it wasn't a shock anymore at that point to me. I kind of knew it was coming, but I also did think about this though. There was one part that, that did surprise me a little bit, but again, kind of to your point, how, 
you're not driving the car. So <laughs> it kind of led that feeling to me uh, or led me to have this feeling is when we come into that final stretch on the track, because you're coming from around this corner and you're coming off a turn into this straightaway, which you want to gun at that point. And your dad did. <laughs> it was great. But the first time, again, I guess it's the first time, like I was like, whoa, like, you know, you, you couldn't tell the way we came off the corner if we'd actually hit the wall because you go really close to that wall coming in and going down. And then, of course, then you have the late break and it's just like, but again, once it, you go a lap or two, nothing shocked me. I, I just had a blast. Yeah. Was it surprising to you how close to the wall the car is? It was uh, it was not actually because I've watched races, you know, on TV and things. And I'm not a knowledgeable person as far as it comes like with races, but I have watched stuff, so that didn't shock me personally. Now it shocked me feeling that close to the wall, like <laughs> like whoa. It's it's different when you're putting in that situation, you know. It was neat to be able to sit next to your dad and watch him uh, work and shift and things like that. Yeah, what did you think about the handwork on the steering wheel? I, I don't really know what to say, except he looked like he knew what he was doing. <laughs> he, he looked very comfortable. He looked well, very comfortable. One of the things that surprised me so much about my experience before I went off and did some performance driving schools was when you're watching the driver's handwork in the corners, you realize how often you're correcting within the corner, right? So those, the, the, you know, you are drifting, the wheels are slipping on the pavement and, and the driver is constantly making micro corrections to keep the, the car lined up properly in the corner. When you're driving a street car, you know, it's much smoother, right? You're, you're just sort of keeping your hands in one position really in the corner, or maybe you're tightening it up if the, if the corner is a, a decreasing radius or something, but you're not, you know, shimmying back and forth the whole well, time like you are. Yeah. And I did notice that, which, which I, again, I kind of expected was normal. Indeed. You, you know what I mean? I, I just expected that that was normal. So nothing looked odd or something, you know. I mean, now, if given the fact if I actually had some driving lessons and was put in the position in the driver's seat to actually do it, then we might talk a little differently. Because then then I'd have a lot to say about how I was feeling with all of that. But, but like I said, I, I truly enjoyed it. It was a really unique experience. I had so much fun. If I took another ride which I, if he offers, I would love to, I'd probably pay more attention to some of the more finite details of how he was driving and things like that. Um, you know, but it was, it was a total blast. I mean, like you said, it was like a roller coaster and, you know, I hope I get a chance to, you know, see your dad in an actual race as well as uh, one of your brothers. So absolutely, man, we'll definitely have you out for the races. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you thought it was like a roller coaster. Cause I know you like roller coasters. Oh, I do. I love it. It yeah. was, I was literally grinning from, from ear to ear as I'm doing this. And actually I, I was, I did film some stuff. So you guys be on the lookout. We're going to put, post some stuff on YouTube. So be on the lookout for my ride. We'll get it up there. But I, I, the first time I was filming, I was having so much fun. I wasn't paying attention to the camera and I got most of the dashboard. <laughs> just shaking all. <laughs> it's just, oh yeah. You just, yeah. You just hear me kind of like, woohoo in the background. And, and then you just like see the dashboard just vibrating. That's funny. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. See, I do not like roller coasters. So for me, I'm pretty sure I crushed a couple of fillings from gritting, like, like clamping down my jaw so hard. Oh, really? I oh, was, yeah. I was totally relaxed, man. I was totally relaxed. Now being, I, if it was hot outside, I would have been drenched in sweat because I was warm. It gets it gets hot in there. 
Oh, yeah. I, I will say that. So I would have been drenched in sweat. So I totally understand when they wear those flame-proof, you know, their, their get-up and everything, how they get out and just, dr- like, completely dripping with sweat. I totally get that. So Yeah, cool shirts sort of changed the game. You know, growing up, my my father and my brother, they didn't have those cool shirts to wear. They weren't they weren't around yet, right? So you'd you'd literally lose eight, ten pounds worth of sweat in a given Yeah, race. you did do they have do they have someone with like as a hydration position, like when they pit to come in and like you know, a little no. water bo- water boy for racing? No, no, that was more that was more my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were the Bobby Boucher of uh, the team. Totally. <laughs> oh man. Well, it was a it was a blast. You guys look for that video. It's gonna you guys are gonna we'll let you in on it. I did a little Facebook live so you can check that out. Um, but it wasn't anything to do with the ride itself. So you're gonna want to check that out on YouTube. Well, speaking of hydration, it looks like my beverage is a little low. Yeah, Brian, mine too, man. Thank you so much for coming by and for celebrating um, the election being over with me. I know we're on opposite ends, but I'm, I'm glad that we can move forward. I really hope so, and I'm glad too. So I'm, I'm glad that, that we can have different opinions and be friends. So I'm with you on that one. But if you guys want to hear more episodes of Neighbors Don't Knock, you can go to our website, neighborsdon'tknock.com, or check us out on Facebook. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, post up, post up. That's right. You can catch us every Friday, but... Next Friday is our season finale. That's right. Season one finale is next Friday, so you're going to want to tune in for that. Looking forward to it. That's right. Stay tuned also for upcoming teasers of our holiday series. We'll see you then. Peace. Out.